0: Welcome to Conversations with Cleo. I'm Cleo McLaren, lawyer, wellness lover, leadership, mindset, and confidence coach. Each week, I'll bring you a thought on unfiltered, intimate conversation with an inspiring guest that will help you overcome your fears, get focused, and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. Let's do this. Hello, I'm going to introduce you to Jason Carty. Now, Jason Carty is the European indoor champion, 60 m M45 champion in 2018, and that was in Madrid in March this year. And also, amazingly, um, and you'll find out a bit more about why that's so amazing shortly, but amazingly, this year, he's just returned from the championships in Malaga, um, where he broke the British record in the final uh, 100 meters. But I'll let him talk to you a bit more about that Hello, how are
1: you? Not too bad, thank you.
0: Good, good. Now, talk to me first of all about what happened in September of this year and your achievements.
1: Okay, so uh, we went to the World Championships. Um, it was 8,000 athletes that went, and it was a, it was a fantastic champs, uh, meeting all the people from all around the world. But primarily, it was all about executing my category and my races. So um, first of all, I had to run three rounds of 100 meters. Um, which took us over two days and on the second day which is the final and the semi um, I was able to come out and become world champion
0: That's amazing Oh my god Okay so then what does that mean to you to have achieved that?
1: Um, For me it's it's, it's quite a big achievement to go there and run against the best in the world Mm. but Some people can't always get there because of um, finance and etc. So for me to put down such a good time, it made me say to myself, well, I put a time down that, you know, even if that person who's thinking at home, could I have beaten him? I doubt it. So that's why I'm really chuffed with how the champs went.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I hear That's amazing. And can you just tell me a bit more for people that maybe don't know um, the significance of that and the difference between indoor and outdoor... Can you just tell me a little bit about um, sort of maybe the difference between the two, and um, if the training had to be any different depending on what you were
1: okay? To so think. when you talk about indoors and outdoors, indoors basically indoors is is within a indoor arena. So um, we you and your training, you kind of set your training up to be part of your outdoors anyway. So I work on a lot of acceleration, strength, power. So when I go indoors, my start is very quick and um, my first 40 to 50 is very very quick so you you then transfer that into the training when you come back in, in April you transfer that add a bit of speed endurance in and then you start working on your last 40 metres but now when you're working on your last 40 metres you're outside so you've got the elements, so you've got uh, yeah. wind you're only allowed a maximum of 2 metres per second which is a, a plus 2 or and when it's minuses that can go against you so that's the difference between the the indoors and the
0: outdoors. And the outdoors. Okay, brilliant. Right, so well, what's next for you?
1: Well, right now, back into winter training right now, mm. and um, training hard, slugging <laughs> with my training group. Um, As I'm the coach as well, so I have to prepare all the sessions, write them out, do a few nutrition plans. So um, mm. it's quite hectic. Okay,
0: brilliant. Right, well... I'm going to touch on something which um, I think lots of people want to know about and it's just about how you managed to achieve this incredible uh, status that you have at this point when you've had to overcome a really adverse um, situation Uh, and that was in 2016 where you've uh, had to overcome finding out that you were suffering from cancer. And a lot of people you didn't even really share that with, you just continued the journey and managed to achieve what you had, but, or what you have rather, but could you just tell me a bit about how you were able to even train, let alone get to the position you're in now, having having had that?
1: So it, it happened in April, 2016, when I found out that I may have had cancer. I had to go through various tests and um, by July, they said, okay, we're going to go in and take your left lower, left lower lobe out. So um, in I went, took the lower lobe out. And um, after the operation, I thought it was going to be tough, but I didn't think it was going to be as tough as I thought it was going to be. But what really, the, the, the toughness wasn't so much the loss of capacity, the toughness was the, was the pain that of um, being cut through my thoracic and... Um, you know all your intercostals didn't work so it was so hard to move and um just trying to get up and people had to literally had to bathe me for the first two weeks and then after that i was able to move and i had a masseuse coming in trying to help me out and then i said to myself well you gotta you gotta just keep going jason you gotta you gotta walk you gotta get outside so after about you know two weeks i managed to do uh I walked to the end of the road. Mm. It was the longest walk I've ever taken <laughs> in my life. <laughs> you just don't realise how the body has yeah. to has to adapt to the loss of capacity plus um, the pain. So um, that was my first thing, and I vowed within you know twelve days that I'd be um, walking from my house up to Norbury and round, which is about which would take about an hour. Yeah, and I did it, and I just kept it moving from there on in. And then by six weeks, I said, I'm gonna run. Then I ran down the track, um, it hurt, but um, I yeah. ran. I was coughing, spluttering. So the, the, when I went back to see the oncologist, he goes, he, he likes my progress. Can't believe I've come on so, you know, so quickly, but he said to me, so do you think you can handle chemo? And that's, um, that's another story. Um, the chemo was hard. So six weeks after what was it eight six to eight weeks after I was on chemo
0: yeah,
1: and I was on chemo for about four months and um I've never been in if that's the worst experience of my life by the sixth round um I was still- I was still trading on chemo um was I,
0: that something the doctors recommended you do
1: It didn't really say he just said to me, um judge it, see how you feel, but when I was coming in and telling him the some of the training sessions that I was doing he just like he just couldn't understand it but I remember the, the sixth round of the sixth, the sixth round of chemo was the one that got me um, because before I went back to the doctors I, had, um, I was getting chest pains so I had to go to the hospital um, they checked my, my white cells it was really low and I was having breathing difficulties and they, they were getting a bit frightened thinking that the cancer might have come back but luckily it, it, it didn't come back it was just the the um, reaction to the to the chemo mm. so basically i remember sitting in my mum's kitchen and she just gave me some food and and i couldn't even get out of the chair so she starts she starts crying and oh, i'm gosh. thinking to myself i actually can't move
0: yeah you don't need the extra
1: stress <laughs> yeah but it wasn't even yeah. that i actually can't move because i was that tired i was physically the chemo had finished me yes that's uh, you know and that's when I thought to myself would I ever want to go through that again so you know people say about you know my journey but I've got to talk for about the others who've gone through cancer and who've lost their hair and gone through some really bad side effects from the chemo and you know mm-hmm. you got to put your hands up for them because um it's, it's very very difficult.
0: Yeah. So you had the whole. There was the kind of pain threshold that you had to go through, yeah. and then you were moving forward, and then after having the chemo, yeah. that was a completely different no. experience that no. you had to deal with. Because
1: even with the pain, the doctors, I I know the the, the pain the painkillers that you're on they're very addictive, and I was saying to myself, yeah. there's no way. So I was trying to wean myself off. Yeah. Wean myself off, and the pain the pain oh. was unbelievable. So I tried to wean myself off and then I tried to go, right, let's go to paracetamol and I ibuprofen. Oh, okay. it it, it <laughs> good. It wasn't cutting it. It wasn't mm. cutting it, but I had to make it cut it. So eventually um, the pain went, it dissipated and it went and I was mm. off the tablets quite quickly.
0: So when you were going through this process and then you finished the chemo and you had to do your training, how did you know what your body could handle I mean was it because you had coaches with you Is was it partly your intuition what you, you felt with on the day was it a day by day thing or? Well,
1: well working me personally because I'm an elite coach already so I've got an idea of how much you know bodies can take or you know and, and so and I know my own body I, yeah. and I knew how how much I could stress it but um, I was trying to get my body to do um, stuff and it it wasn't responding like it usually does and I knew I wasn't so when I went to Daegu for the world championships indoors I wasn't 100% but I thought I could compete so um, but I knew on the day of the final in my mind it was going to be a quite a a hard task but um, I don't know I just I went to the place where I usually go to, to to draw inspiration from and and I, I got to the line and, you know, even though I come second, it was, um, from where I came from, to me, that was a massive achievement. Huge. Yeah.
0: So was there any significance about going to the place you usually go to in the line?
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, you, you, every athlete has their own way of um, motivating themselves in a final. And I, I, there's certain tactics and certain strategies that I use to make sure that um, I'm focused enough to perform at a high level. And um to be honest, it was one of the first times that I didn't run faster in the final than I did in the semi. Right. So that's when I knew within myself that mm. okay, you know, you're you're coming back from a very dark place. Mm. But still I still commend the athlete who beat me because um he still ran a good time. Yeah. So fair yeah, enough
0: very well but then but I suppose it's clear to you now that there's a number of different elements that got you to where you are and some of some of it is mindset some of it is about
1: Definitely.
0: having certain routines and doing things to get you to the place where you can Definitely. be hundred percent your
1: best you, you, you have to be focused you have to you you've you got to re, you got to be focused you've got to remain on the path and know where you want to go mm. and if you're that motivated um then you're more likely to succeed,
0: so can I ask you something because this is something that a lot of people in the sort of industry talk about, and it 's just about you know what motivates people and what is it that gets you know why some people can achieve and some people can't and there's a thing that people talk about, which is their why, so what is your if there was a, a why that got you to, because I mean, there was times when you were in a lot of pain, you were trying to stop the painkillers so that you didn't become addicted to them. You wanted want to manage that. Mm-hmm. You've got, you know, your family man, you've got business, you've got your coach, you're, you're so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you already had a level of achievement, um, at the, at that point when you were unwell, but you still decided to go on, not just to maintain a level of health and fitness, but to exceed that and go on to win gold this year. Now, was there, is there a why behind what you were doing? I mean, why? You didn't need to do that. You had success at that point. What was the motivating factor or the reasons behind you pushing forward the way you have? But
1: to be honest, um, one of the motivating factors was where, when I ran in Lyon in 2015 in France, um, I won the silver, I, 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 I had a silver medal in the 100 and the 200 meters and yeah that was my first um, medal outdoor outdoors mm. and i just wanted to say to myself can i be a world champion can i do it can i still do it even though um i've had my my lower lobe taken out can i still achieve this and um i was just motivated to do it so um you know i just stuck to the task i Made sure that I didn't neglect anybody, like my, as you said, like my family, and just and and made sure I did my my duties. But at the same time, again, I stuck to the task and I came out the other end.
0: Mm. But how did you stick to the task? What, what is it? You if you had a day where you were, you know, you said there were dark times, mm-hmm. and there's obviously you pushed through that to get to what it is. So if, if there was somebody out there that may be or has suffered from cancer and it might have deterred them from a goal or an aim or a dream or an aspiration um, because they've just felt unwell and then and they've maybe felt that well okay maybe maybe that's it for me maybe this is just my journey and they they think I might just maybe I'll do something a bit easier something more reasonable but deep down inside they want to push through what what could you say or what what could you let them know that they could pull on to to push through that dark day or push through that barrier and and stick to the task at hand in the way that you have
1: personally I think it's it boils down to how motivated you are again um when we're talking about something like athletics you know um genetically maybe my genetics are quite high so therefore where I've lost a little bit of capacity When I was testing myself, I was still able to reach certain parameters to know And when I'm reaching these parameters, I'm saying to myself, well, I'm hitting these targets, so perhaps I can still compete at the highest level. Maybe I wouldn't have put myself on the line if the targets couldn't have been met. So therefore in that arena, um, if the targets couldn't have been met, then I I probably wouldn't have gone and tried to... Stay in that arena.
0: But did you know anybody else that had been through what you had and had achieved? Well, I
1: looked on YouTube and I looked on Google <laughs> okay. to see who's um, any yeah. other sprinters who's um who's got um you know a lower lobe down and they've done anything and no, <laughs> so right, but you know I'm the first. So if there's anybody else out there, please like let us know.
0: And that's exactly the point that I was getting to. It's yeah. amazing that sometimes if someone's got to be the first at something. That's so right. you might that's not right. always see somebody else out there doing what you want to do, but it's about you having that sense yeah. of conviction, right? Yeah, definitely. In definitely. order to do that. Yeah, wow. Okay. Now, can I just talk to you a little bit about sports and family? I think we touched on this before we came on, yeah. uh, just about... Youth and children and how to get them into sports and how to get them inspired I mean what do you think about uh, the importance of sport with young people?
1: From what I can see what's going on you know in in, in London um, it's, it's, it's important let's say from a let's talk about the boys so it's, it's, it's important that you try and get your your child into some kind of sporting activity so um, so they so they learn discipline. And um, and they, and even that, not only that, but whether it's a team sport, an individual um, event, it just makes the, 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 it just shapes the child a little bit more. So I, I think personally, them going to do something, even just to know that they're going to do something mm. to release that energy um, is so important.
0: Yeah, completely and as if there's anybody out there that's listening and they're thinking well you know my child might not be sort of quite a sporty person or when what would you say to that have you always been an athlete at heart or was it something you kind of grew into
1: yeah I've I've always been into most sports so you know I wasn't good at all of them and some of them I was really bad but um there must be something that um, you can motivate your child to be do whether they're yeah. you know even if they're not good at it you you, you do something mm. so um no nah, there's, there's no excuse and i think through through sport or through movement mm. especially you know um you learn so much
0: absolutely All right so i'm just going to take you back to your sort of way where, where you are and what keeps you motivated are there any Uh, sort of like films or is it music is there anything outside of sport that keeps you inspired or gives you the energy to to move you through yoga meditation I don't know is there anything to be
1: honest you'd be quite quite surprised I've watched a lot of movies um I've I've watched a lot of black and white movies from from back in the day um and you learn things because there's a there was morals and the, you yeah. know, then where compared to what you're watching now, I can watch something and I can pick it up and think, you know what, I'll come back to that in, a, in an hour yeah. and I'll know exactly what's happened. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I've, I've, I'm i quite lucky. I've had qu- quite a few positive people around me as well.
0: Well, that's exactly what I was going to ask you next. Yeah. Is there anyone? Because often you find that it could just be, um, I don't know, like one teacher at school, mm. maybe that said some one thing or a coach or uh, a parent, or I mean, what, can you I, tell rem- me I, I used to
1: go to Boys Brigade when I was um, when I was younger, and I remember I was a little bit naughty at school, and I, a I little bit, yeah, a little bit naughty <laughs> at school, and I, and I ran away from home, and, um, right. the, and the Boys Brigade um, teacher was trying to run after me in the flats, and um, I I I ran and I, I I stopped so he could catch me because so when he did catch me he said to me i don't know how i did that you're just too quick
0: yeah (laughs) but
1: um but but on a real note i mean those role models they were they were i think they knew what some of the youth were going through even back then yeah and they spent time with us and they um more more for them was more of a christian thing Mm -hmm. but um but they, they they spent a lot of time with us they spoke to us they did stuff with us whereby you know there's a lot of people out there who probably just had their mums yeah there might be a few people that had their dads yeah but you know for me all I had was my mum so that's that's another motivation as well because you you want to try and for me you've got to break this circle when you're in a, when it's, when you're spiralling and things are going out of control mm-hmm. I say to people break the circle and recreate a new one and when we when I say recreate a new one so you know what it takes, or what is needed, to put your family circle into the right sphere, so therefore you grow, and then you watch. So, so you're, so you're at the center, and you just watch everyone else grow around it. And that's what we. That's where you know um, I see myself coming from. Mm. So my mum was the center, and then we're just, and you know we're just growing around it to make this new circle more more of a um a better unit mm.
0: so it's about creating the right sort
1: of environment to be definitely listening. definitely
0: um so but how do you do that as you progress through life though because a lot of the time our circles can be family but it can be work orientated or friends that you know from back in the day and you know how did you manage to even find new circles to be around or how do you create that environment to be in
1: well we do again i've been luckily you know i've been quite lucky to have some good jobs i've worked with some some you know some very good companies mm. and but within those companies, there was a few black people or black guys who I had and they would talk to me. I remember there was one oh, there on one occasion and um, um I was working for a particular company and he said to me um, jason this um i'm not going to mention any names, but mm. this person has um has now um, is now our shift leader. And um, just be careful how you handle him because we knew that he wasn't um, quite, right, quite right with his views. Mm. But he gave me the heads up. So then because he gave me the heads up, I was able to use it to my advantage yeah. and now manipulate the situation a little bit more easier. Yeah. And it turned out to be okay in the end. And we managed to change... shift leaders view on things because his way wasn't quite right yeah and you know you just learn you learn and then eventually he made me the shift leader when he moved on so that goes to show how you play the play the game play the system and you help so therefore i can you know show others what i did so they can go through
0: Right. So it's about the importance of having important sort of mentors, definitely people in your life, coaches, whatever that's going to be. That's and right. then when you get to the stage where you've achieved the level you want, you pay it forward and you bring up the rest. You pass the knowledge down. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Right. Well, this has been quite impactful. We've had quite a lot of different things that we've touched on during this this conversation. But um, is there anything I didn't ask you that you you'd like to say? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure? Yeah, definitely. Okay, I'm gonna ask them one last sorry, end on one last question and this may seem a bit random, but it's basically if you were in an elevator and so there's one person in the elevator, you don't know who they are, and they said to you, um, this is gonna be your last ride. This is your last ride. We won't be we won't be exiting at the end of this Anything that you've done up until this point, anything you've documented, recorded, written, will not be in existence. And you've got a chance to say three things, three key things that you think are important in life. Um, These three things are for you to either share with the world or maybe something you want to pass down to your children, maybe a lesson, a value, a piece of wisdom, whatever it is. But um, what are the three things that you would want to say to them to help them blossom and grow in life? Or what are your three key lessons that you think they, these are the key most important things in life that, that they need to know in order to blossom and, and succeed in life?
1: Hmm, that's a quite a big question. Hmm. For me, I'd, I'd want to leave it to my sons. And I would say to them, um, just be the best you can be. And that is... And from the conversations I've had with them, they would understand where I'm coming from. Just be the best you can be. Definitely. Uh,
0: Okay, that was one (laughs) thing. I want two more. Come on, I want two more. Two more, two more. Honest, An honest, honest, open reflection on all of the experiences you've had. The good and bad, the crazy... All that's made you all you are today, and you're thinking, Do you know what? They need to know these three things. These are the things that are going
1: to. Well, no, my, th- my first one, I I I, I keep that. I remain with that. Keep one. that one. Yes. Anybody I've upset, hurt, I'm sorry.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because um, you know, you got to forgive to an extent. You got to forgive. Yeah. It's very important. But most of all my 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 this one might sound strange, but you know, um I love everyone you gotta just love people man just, yeah, that's the third one, yeah, just I love everyone, you think you don't, but you you have to you have to you have to
0: what does that give you why
1: again, after what I've gone through, I um it, it makes me, it, it, it changes perspective. Mm. So therefore, you, you you value the importance of life. So consequently, you know, when you you, you can't, you got to just leave that hate behind and try and love people for what they are. And that's why, you know, my mindset is a little bit more different now.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you thank you thank you so much thank you so much for listening to this conversation if this resonated with you motivated you or lifted you up in any way please make sure to share this with a friend or post it on social media tag me all my guests the links are in the podcast description below and follow me on instagram at cleo mclaren and if this is your first time listening click that subscribe button if you enjoyed this please leave us a rating and i'm just so grateful for you showing up love and light to you i will see you in the next episode